Welcome to our Christian viewing experience. We're glad to be here. It might have been a minute. I don't know. I'm, we're sorry. We're just, we failed you and we really feel bad about it. And but, we are, uh, <laughs> my name's Elias Chavez. And I'm Noah Wilder. <laughs> and we're here to talk to you guys about whatever icebreaker I came up with this week. And then we're going to talk about... Um, what are you talking about? The man from Toronto? I'm talking about the man from Toronto. And I'm talking about the, the mask Such a of great, uh. <laughs> the, the mask of Zorro. And uh, we're gonna talk about Christian themes or ideas that we found in them so that you can take them and talk to a friend or colleague about those movies or those ideas and just bring God into those conversations easier. Or maybe you just really like listening to us and we appreciate that. Um Elias, do you want to get started? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I would love to get started. Uh, yeah, so I guess first off is Icebreaker. Yeah, I got I got one. You got one. Unless you have one. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so the question is, what movie or show or video game, doesn't matter, what series sure. are you absolutely desperate for another installment in? <sighs> Which you would just be like, I don't know why it hasn't happened. It should have happened by now. I know I might be the only one interested, but it should happen. I, I need another what? <laughs> Dude, I just don't feel like they make enough Call of Duty games. No, I... <laughs> um, no, I... I don't know. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Or Advance Wars. One of those two. Well, they're coming out with the new Advance Wars. Well, it's a, it's a remaster, if we will. Yeah. Which I'm very, very happy about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, exceedingly so, even. Okay. Um, but what did you say? Final Fantasy... Tactics? Well, I guess just Final Fantasy Tactics. The Advance was the one for the Game Boy Advance. But, okay. Uh, but the basic premise is... Um, and I, I'm pretty sure you've never played Fire Emblem before. Um, nope. I know what a turn-based game is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, TTRPG, turn-based tactical RPG, role-playing game. Uh, but anyway, the point is, um, yeah, it's it's basically it's that exact premise. It's it's this grid system. Um, you you run around, and you fight people, and you know you use your swords and whatever. You beat all the bad guys. You move around, and progress to the next level. But it's it's uh, and you know you level up and stuff. But it's Final Fantasy. So you get to, like, equip your guys with armor, and you get to, like, build relationships with all of them, and mm -hmm. there's, like, a really deep story, and you get to, like, cast magic, and there's, like, a billion different races and classes and all that stuff, and it's just a lot more, I've always felt like it's a lot more customizable um, than Fire Emblem, and it's just always made me, like, a lot more attached, but there's only, like, I think two, maybe three games in the series, mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I, uh... I just, I, I just, I would really love another uh, game in that uh, in that franchise. Um, it would make me really, really happy, um, even though nobody else cares. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's a video game. So mm -hmm. even if only like twenty thousand people are interested in the whole world, yeah. for some reason they'll still make it. <sighs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things, you know. Like I, because as soon as you say that, I'm like, man. You know, Zelda's getting a new game soon. You know, they're coming out, or they actually, they just released a new Resident Evil. Um, you know, they remade Dead Space. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're always, Metroid just got a new game, and there's another one allegedly coming out eventually. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, they, like I mean, like you said, they, even if there's only like 20,000 people who want to, like, they'll, they'll, they'll pump them out. They, mm -hmm. they they sure do be making video games. Yeah. Um, like, Ape Escape, you know, got or is getting a remake? Like, there's just, there's like a million of these. Um, yeah, there's a ton of life simulator games out right now. And they're yeah. just like, it'll make money. I know it will. <laughs> I know. I know it will. Um, yeah, so I got, I have a few. Oh, okay. Do you have any, like, movies or, or shows that... Oh, I didn't even think about that. ...need um, another season? You know, it'd be really funny to get a, uh, a second one of. What's that? Second hand lions. <laughs> third hand lions. Third hand lions. They're like, oh, the third. No. <laughs> but, like, I just really love that thought because, like, you know, at the end of the movie, the lion dies. Mm -hmm. And the dudes are old. And it, like, flash cuts to them 
dying. Cause, yeah, to them being dead. And uh, plane crash. Yeah, plane crash. And there, what's the kid's name? I forget the kid's name. But whatever. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever his name. Whatever, is whatever the character's name yeah. is. But anyway, but that character just being like. <laughs> Well, I guess, I guess Haley Joel, as an adult, but him just being like, <laughs> figures they'd go out like that. Like, you're not sad? <laughs> I'll do it, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plane. Right, right, it's right. just him rebuilding the plane so he can also crash it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. But yeah, maybe, maybe, like, maybe like him like reliving those adventures or something that he'd heard about or something. I don't know. But anyways, that would be really cool. I, I, I think that that would be really stupid. Um, but um, actually, um, I would love more Star Wars movies in the vein of Rogue One, where it's just like, hey, you know that like weird throwaway line? We're going to make a movie about that. Okay. Yeah, not well, like Solo, it, like yeah. Rogue One. <laughs> Honestly, I was, I'll say... Mm -hmm. I don't think Solo's that bad. It's not that bad. And I think... I don't like it, but it's not that bad. I think bad. a second movie would be a lot better. A second Solo movie. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Not not that it will ever happen. <laughs> yeah. But I think they, like, a lot of the problems with the first one are it trying so hard to... Establish everything. Establish everything, justify why it needs to exist. Yeah. And then, what do you call it? Um... Darth Maul shows up at the end, and then just nothing after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would like to see a second one. I'd like to see, like, Darth Maul crime family gets, like, inadvertently screwed up by Han Solo. Like, Han Solo is just being a smuggler. Yeah. And he just ruins this crime syndicate instead of trying to. He's just like, I tried to steal this thing, and it happens to be <laughs> the key. Yeah. You know? That'd yeah. Be, I'd like that. I wouldn't mind watching it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe like a, a, a really cool movie where like, every, you know, all of the original squad is recasted and it's like a episode uh, six and a half. 3.9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, or no, no, no. Where it's like, uh, you know, like after the Empire has fallen and now Darth Maul is trying to rise to power. Darth Maul is dead by episode six. <gasps> You're so right. He dies in Rebels. Because Ben so, kills him. Yeah. But, like, when he shows up in Rebels, he's, like, this lone wanderer guy. So, like, how did he go from the head of a crime syndicate yeah. to that I want to see? Yeah. yeah. In a movie. Yes. <laughs> featuring specifically Han Solo and Chewie Baca. <laughs> That's one Chewie Baca. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I wouldn't mind another Solo movie, but not... Okay. I'm not like desperate for it. Yeah. But I think it would tie up a few loose ends. Yeah. Just to tie up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'd like a John Wick five at this point. Yeah. Do you think he's dead? I think he's dead. It was a good end to the character. It was just like too good of an ending. Yeah. To be it would like it would ruin it for him to come back. Mm. You know? I like that. <laughs> so so you do you want a John Wick five or you want like a spin off in the John Wick universe? No, I want to. I don't. I'm not sure how interested I am in the John Wick universe without John Wick. I want to see some of the like because my biggest issue with the John Wick movies has always been that every single movie, it's like, oh wow, this person that I've known for years. Whoa, it's so crazy seeing and then you never here. Show up again. Yeah, they, we go so far back, and I, yeah, I would like to see him. Like, meet up with, with uh, Halle Berry's character Halle Berry. for the first time. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I like again. I would have liked to see that in John Wick Four. Oh, yeah. Know? No, no, no. I'm interested in prequel stuff. I'm well. I'm interested in like also like. There's this one main assassin bad guy that's working from the for the actual bad guy. Yeah. And everyone. Yeah. And then that guy never shows up again. Mm -hmm. So in the second movie, there was whoever I don't know what the character's name was but it was common yeah um he they purposely left him alive yeah and with a knife in his chest and he couldn't take it out but yeah. like i'd like to see him show up again that'd be yeah. cool <laughs> or uh like the asian guy i don't I, kane no no not kane no i don't know the, any of these characters names so i'm sorry but okay <laughs> the asian guy from the third movie oh from the third movie yeah 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 
Like, I'd like to see these guys show up again. Yeah. And try and kill John again. <laughs> you know, I think that would be nice. Yeah. Some continuity there. But anyway, I'd like a John Wick 5. I don't know how they could do it without ruining John Wick 4. Yeah. Um, but I'll get... That's just a thing I'd like. Um, anyway, I'll say National Treasure 3. Okay. Which you've never seen the National Treasure movies. Nope. I've seen very few Nicolas Cage movies. But at the... It, I think the big thing for me mm-hmm. is that a lot of these, there's a theme of they really led into another season, didn't they? Or another yeah. movie, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, especially with Hollywood nowadays. They're just like, well, we got, we have to leave that door open in case it does well in the Chinese well, market. <laughs> well, this wasn't that. Yeah. Uh, this was before that happened. Right, right. I would like, because in the second movie, it's all about finding the president's secret book of secrets or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the president's like, did you look at page 245? And Nicolas Cage is like, yeah, I did. And then it cuts off. And it's like, what was page 245? I don't, I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> I need to, I need to <laughs> I know. I would really like to know. And I guess I'll never know. <laughs> It's in the IDW comic, actually, yeah. if you read the... <laughs> sure. Anyway. In the 245th page? Of IDW? Of any ID... Yeah. Yeah, you're referencing Sonic comics right there. Well, no, Have IDW you read the does Archie other comics? Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, Zorro 3, I won. Okay. In keeping with this episode. Yeah. There's Antonio the mask Banderas. of Zorro, and then the legend of Zorro. Oh, for a second, I thought you were saying you wanted another The Mask movie, and no. I was like, really? No, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> they like, had a pretty good ending on the first one. Yeah. The second one was not necessary. Nope. But anyway, I'd like to see a third Zorro, where he actually gets to be Zorro. <laughs> right. And isn't, like, trying to get married or restore his relationship. He's just, like, doing his thing. I would like to see that. <laughs> Uh, or, I mean, at this point, he's so old that they'll probably repeat the first movie, and he's, like, teaching another Zorro yeah. at that point. But anyway, yeah, uh, I'd like to see season four of DuckTales. Woo! <laughs> did you watch all of DuckTales? No! Do you want? You care if I spoil something? No, go right ahead. At the, in the last episode, it's revealed that, do you know, you know who Webby is? The girl duck... That was introduced. Webby. It, with the, like, the dress. Yeah. Like, the little, like, around Huey, She's Dewey, pink. and Louie's yeah. age. Yeah. 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 She is actually a clone of Scrooge McDuck. And <laughs> I'd like to see where that goes. And I'll never know. When was, when did that last season come out? 2019. Really? Yeah. Woo! Um, I, wow. Yeah. Anyway, I'd like to see Pirates of the Caribbean 6. Oh, because no. the fifth one ended. I haven't. Oh my gosh, I've seen fifth. the first. Okay, second I'll, and third. I'll break this down I really think. quick. So okay, so you've seen the first three. I think the second and third, but you you would understand this. So Will Turner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Orlando Bloom. Yes, he becomes captain of the Flying Dutchman because it needs a captain at the end, right? Right, because he. Something, something, heart, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so he is now cursed to only come on land every 10 years to see the love of his life, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Swan. Yeah. And the fifth movie, mm-hmm. they break that curse. And at the end of the movie, you see them reunite. Okay. And he, like, quits his job as the captain, right? He quits his job. He's just living life. Yeah. Enjoying retired life in With, Florida. Without a heart? I guess. Uh, he just, he just <laughs> not explained. Have... But then there's a post credit scene and there's a sleep in bed. Door opens. You hear like thunk, thunk footsteps coming <laughs> towards their bed. And then you see the claw of Davy Jones yeah. like raise up to hit them. And then Will Turner wakes up and he's not there. And then it like pans down and there's like a barnacle from like his body is on the ground. Yeah. I would love to see that <laughs> because he's not doing his job. So now he, even though he broke the curse of can't come on land except for every 10 years, he's still not doing the job that he's meant to do. So he's ruining things. Yeah. I'd like to see that play out. 
that seems cool to me. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, probably will never happen. I mean, did, uh, how much money did the last one make? Apparently, no. Well, I mean, they've been talking about doing another one for a while, mm-hmm. but all the Johnny Depp stuff happened. And so it's been on hiatus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That did happen. Yeah. So, like, it must have made enough. (laughs) Apparently, the fourth one, which is absolutely the worst one, Mm -hmm. made the most money in the whole series. That was the one with, like, Barboa or something, No, Blackbeard. Blackbeard? Yeah. Wait, what's the one with, like, the Fountain of Youth, then? That one. That one. With the the mermaid in it? I don't know. (laughs) Why are, you, why are you asking these questions if you don't have? I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I'd like another Pirates movie. I would like any movie where there's good sword fights. That's the real answer to these questions. Right. I'm tired. Any movie with good sword fights. I just want to see a good sword fight, not yeah. just like this. We cut eight times, and I guess the person's dead. Moving on to the next thing. Yeah. I want to see a real long sword fight. Yeah. And not a lightsaber fight, a sword fight. Very different to me. I don't know if they're really different to you. They are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I would like to see a Tron 3, but I would also hate to see a Tron 3. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, that's because fair. Because they would not hire the right director. They would not bring back the same cast. Mm-mm. It would just not be worth it. And if, especially if Jared Leto's going to be in it. What are you doing? What are Why you would doing? you make that? I would like to see a Tron 3 that actually follows up on what the second movie did. There's a, a, a being born inside a computer now in the real world. Let's explore that a little. Probably won't ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's explore that a little bit. Anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, did you have any other ones? I don't know. I think the thought of uh, like a couple like funny like indie films having sequels would be really interesting. Like Flash Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Like, <laughs> like very succinctly told stories. Yeah, yeah. Chef would be a weird one. I would not want to watch. No, it. absolutely. I would not. Once it got really good reviews, I would be like, "Why is this? Ex- Why? What are you?" You make it. You work with Marvel. Like, why are you? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Nothing else. Uh, yeah, I don't. Think, I, mean, I, don't a, I don't think I have anything. Not off the top of my head. There's an anime on Netflix called uh, Blood of Zeus, which I think is really good. You've told me about it, and you've told me to watch it before. And yeah, and you should definitely check it out. I. But yeah, I thought I it was pretty good. And there's a cliffhanger at the end for the next villain for the next season. And season two was confirmed three years ago. Yep. So. Welcome to anime. <laughs> so That's like, how that works. Hey, uh, when's season two coming out, guys? Yep. <laughs> yep. They they do that a lot. But then then it'll come out and there'll be like four seasons, one after the other. They've just like been working on four seasons rather than one this whole time. <laughs> A man can dream. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah, that is that is anime. <laughs> Woo! If you guys would like to see any of the things we just talked about, um, let us know. Or if you have your own thing that you really want another season, another movie, another game, another song. I don't know. <laughs> another song. Another play. Any man, of Taylor that. Swift just really needs to put out more music. <laughs> She's been really slacking lately. She's been re- right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I would. Uh, we'd love to hear it. You can contact us at ocvepod.com or ocvepod at gmail.com or ocvepod on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Elias, you want to get started on the feature presentation? Let's go. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. All right. When is the last time you watched The Mask of Zorro? I was probably in middle school. How do you feel about Zorro in general? I love him. <laughs> do you want more Zorro? I would love more Zorro. Because, because Zorro is, like, I feel, like, so inherently, like, an older film, you know? Like, their, their newer movies are, like, so, like, fast-paced and high-action and all this stuff. And and Zorro can definitely be 
you know, fast paced and high action, but like there's this whole like stakes thing where it's like, yeah. you know, every Marvel movie is like the fate of the universe. <laughs> and, you know, like, but I just, Zorro is very like, Hey, the people in California are having some trouble. Yeah, so. man, that really like, man, she's kind of hot and she got kidnapped. <laughs> so I should do something about that. Uh, yeah, sure. And then <laughs> Zorro. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I need more people to have Z written into their skin. Yeah. <laughs> Zorro. <sighs> Anyways. I would volunteer for the part where Z is written across my butt or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I volunteer need to for the part. <laughs> I'll do it for free. <laughs> I'd pay for it. Ink me up. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, point is, I, w- I would I, love I, more Zorro. I like the fact that it's clearly, we're all Mexicans. Yeah. But Southern California, before it was a state, is the, I just think that's a really interesting, like, location to put things in right um anyway i really like the mask of zorro it's it's, i haven't seen the sequel in a long time yeah i'll maybe watch it it's on netflix both of them are oh there you go yeah we we could have a we could have a viewing party heck yeah anyway (laughs) so the mask of zorro 1998 let's go so the beginning of the movie starts with the original zorro diogo de la vega okay (laughs) diego de la vega taking care of his enemy uh rafael montero uh who is trying to kill three innocent men just to get zorro to show up and stop him uh zorro does indeed stop him so that's good and humiliates him and carves a little z in his neck so that's nice um And Don Rafael decides to move back to Spain because he's a little done with this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, But first, he arrives at Zorro's house and confronts him. Uh, In doing this, he kills Zorro's wife, throws Mm -hmm. Zorro in jail, and kidnaps his child. So that's a bad day for Zorro. I'm just going to say that. Just going to put that out there. Pretty cold take, but yes. (laughs) I don't know who agrees with me, but... I just think it's true. But anyway, um, he leaves for Spain, and for 20 years, he raises De La Vega's child and as his own daughter. And 20 years later, Don Rafael returns to California, and Zorro escapes from prison in order to kill him. But as he's going to, he sees his daughter arrive, and this brings him pause. He holds back from exacting his revenge and bringing justice because he doesn't want to do that in front of his child and he wants to get to know his child and if he just walks up and kills the person she thinks he is her father and is like hey i'm your real dad i don't think it's gonna go over very well so <laughs> yeah he realizes he can't do this in front of his child especially when she does not know who he is so something must happen first he must bring his child back to him so he doesn't do this big loud announcement saying i am your father this guy's a liar and you know it's true and you should come with me the definitely homeless man um he doesn't do that that wouldn't work uh even if it is him telling the truth it wouldn't bring her into being his daughter again yeah it would just expose the truth and then he would lose her for good right so he's not gonna do that um he waits and gets to know her and lets her get to know him and he gets to know her and he is in disguise as a servant to this new zorro that is on the scene uh but he is just this guy who takes care of the horses and brings notes and whatever and he gets to know her that way as this smaller person who isn't a rich don in mexico not mexico in california um well yeah it was owned by mexico at the time don't worry i was was like what what? (laughs) yeah um anyway um and he lowers himself to this status so that she can approach him and that he can approach her with gentleness and kindness and just get to know her uh, and he tells her the truth that he lost his daughter a long time ago. And she slowly learns the truth for herself. She learns 
or suspects, wait, maybe I, I've smelled this flower before, but I've never been to California. I know that song that you're humming, but I've never heard it before. Um, you seem really familiar. You seem like a father. And then she learns the truth slowly on her own mm -hmm. rather than him announcing it to the world and forcing it on her and saying, you better act like my daughter. I missed you so much or whatever. You know? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, later in the movie, she stops her father from killing her adopted father, the bad guy, Don Raphael. And Don Raphael's response is to threaten to kill her in order to control uh, De La Vega, the original Zorro. He, is, he just doesn't care about her, really. He, I don't know about you or, or anyone else in, in the room <laughs> or that's listening, but I don't <laughs> think... looks around. <laughs> I don't think we're going to... Uh, any of us would uh, hold our daughter hostage and, and threaten to kill her just to get our way, even if we didn't mean to, <laughs> if, even if it wasn't real. Yeah. I don't think any of us would do it. <laughs> so I don't think he's a good guy. Anyway, <laughs> then later her real father... De La Vega dies in order to save her. And while he is laying there dying, she accepts him as her father and takes on his name uh, and, and promises to live up to his legacy, essentially, and be good to others and be good to the new Zorro. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. So how does this relate to God? God has created us. We are his creation, and we are his children in that way. We are children of God. Uh, and we are stolen away by the devil in our infancy, and we fall into sin as soon as we can. John eight forty four says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And so that's how this works out. We are born, we are God's creation, we belong to God, and then as soon as we get to make a choice, we choose to go with the other guy. Um, yeah. And so that makes us under this weird adopted by our father the devil not because the devil cares about us but because we choose his path rather than god's psalm five fifteen says behold i was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me so again this is more evidence of when you, you there's nothing that you can do to escape sin yeah even when you were conceived your mother and father were in sin not they could have been married, whatever, but they were sinners. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything right, right. around you is sinful. Every You can't escape it. Ephesians 2, 3 says, Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So this is Paul saying to the Ephesians, Everyone by nature in mankind is a child of wrath. We are all children of God who have done wrong and chosen the wrong path and rightfully deserve wrath from God. That's the whole point I'm trying to make. God makes us. We sin. We choose a new father in that metaphorical sense and make Satan our father, the devil. Uh, and so we are taken away from God in that sense, not according to God's will, but our own. How are we leaving him? Um, we are children of the devil because of the choices we make, and God is within his rights to strike the devil down at any time it pleases him. And he would, but he withholds his wrath from both us and Satan. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow to fill, fulfill his promise as someone counts slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but all that all should re reach repentance. Uh, God waits because the devil takes us with him, and God desires to save all men. So what is going on in our spiritual reality outside of the movie? Um, God is saying, looks down and sees a bunch of sinners, and he sees the devil, and he says, I can defeat you right now, but I choose not to because there's there's Elias right there. And if I, if I end it now, Elias isn't going to be saved. Elias doesn't get to be with me, yeah. and I want him to be with me, so I'm going to wait. <clears throat> and there's a good time and a right time to do this so that that won't happen, and it's not now. And that's what happens in the movie. Uh, this fake father of hers, it holds her hostage and is ready to take him, her with him. So 
the the real father Zoro he relents and says I'm not willing to do that because I love my daughter yeah right but eventually there is a right time his daughter escapes now I can defeat this guy and he dies defeating this man and that sacrifice to save his daughter to save uh, there's a big situation with uh, a bunch of slaves that are mining gold and stuff um, and to save these children and women that are being taken advantage of mining this gold all all of that to save mankind let's say and my children i'm willing to die to defeat this man and that is what he does he dies to save his children to save all the children and the disadvantaged people in california um and because of that death that is what allows him to earn his child back right yeah because of that death his daughter now says you're my father you've been, always been my father you're my true father and they the new zorro his name is uh alejandro and her they both end up taking his last name and honoring him in that um point is god doesn't want us to be forced he doesn't reveal himself to all of us in such a way that we don't have uh, any choice in the matter he descends and took on the form of a man the form of a servant just like in the movie uh, <laughs> where the father takes on the form of a servant um, so that we may be allowed to know him and discover the truth for ourselves and he also comes down and he reveals the truth he doesn't hide anything but he's come coming down in this this way that we can relate to that we can understand and Jesus doesn't come out right away in the incarnation as a three-year-old or anything and say, I'm God, here's the word of God, I strike thee down, I heal you. As like a like, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the, then, the wise men show up and they're like, we have come to worship you. And he's like, that's right. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> no. Whoa. <laughs> and when he starts his ministry, he doesn't do that. He doesn't start walking around. I am God. Come worship me. He's walks around. He helps people. He serves people. He tells them the truth. And over time, he reveals more and more so that they can understand him and get to know him better. And that's what he does for all of us in this time. And how God reveals himself to us through nature, it's not so upfront that we can't deny it. But if you're looking, you will find it. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> Um, and Jesus, as this servant, as in the form of a servant, in the form of man, he dies for us so that we may have a chance of accepting this truth and that in the end we can take on his name and we can join his family and be saved by his death. Um, and this is what Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says about that. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So, what is that saying? Everything I already said. But, <laughs> uh, like in the movie, this father is becoming the form of a servant, being in the likeness of something lesser than what he really is. And being humble enough and obedient to his code uh, in the movie to the point of death for his child's sake, for our sake, Jesus did this for us. And it, the Bible tells us to have that kind of mind among ourselves. And so that's why Zorro is a good guy and why we should look up to him as a, as a hero in the movie. But um, so that's how it works with his daughter. There's another thing in the movie which is that the old original Zorro, uh, Diego de la Vega, mm -hmm. is teaching this new guy how to be Zorro, the ways of being a hero. And this new Zorro, whose name is Alejandro, takes on his name and his legacy so that he can act in the way that his mentor or father uh, yeah. would be, would act. And... Um, and is brought into the family, and he takes on that name. And in the next movie, his last name is De now De La Vega, mm -hmm. instead of whatever his last name was in this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we have this other version of the same story going on, and this person is not 
it's exemplifying the point I was trying to make earlier that even though he isn't um, Diego's son outright, he's acting in the way that Diego would Mm -hmm. and claims sonship in that way. Uh, And there's this great little bit in the movie, this great line that I like about it's Alejandro's first time going out as Zorro and he makes his own mask and he doesn't get approval and he goes and steals a horse and he causes a ruckus and sets a building on fire and beats up the bad guys or whatever. Right. And he gets back and he's all excited. He's, he's, sir, I got the black stallion. I carved a Z. The people know Zorro is back. And he's all excited. Like, I did the right thing. And Diego goes, you think stealing a horse makes you worthy enough to wear that mask? You're a thief, Alejandro. You're a pitiful clown. Zorro was a servant of the people, not a seeker of fame like you. And so it's all about teaching Alejandro how to be Zorro, not how to be a thief or a clown and to seek fame and goof off and steal horses and make a cause a scene. There's no point in that. The only point is being a servant to the people. That's what you are as Zorro. Once you learn how to do that, that's when you get to wear the mask. I didn't give you approval for this yet. And what are we? What can we take away from that? It's the other side of the coin of he's act. He's not acting like Zorro, so he isn't Zorro. No matter how he puts on the mask, or how he acts, or how good at sword fighting he is, or how entertaining he is when he beats up that big guy, or what anything like that. Right. Um, that's not what makes him Zorro. Being Zorro means being a servant to the people. So. Doing what Zorro does is not good enough. Having the heart that he had is what makes him the new Zorro in the lineage of Zorro. Um, and that's what we see with God. We see us earning our sonship not through doing the right things, but having the heart that God would like us to have and having the right position towards him and calling Jesus Lord. That's the right position, heart position we should have. And the right heart position includes doing the right things. It includes seeing yourself as lesser than you you naturally or pridefully think you should be and seeking fame, but being a servant to all. Um, so that's that kind of explains things. And it it's another side of the coin, and, and there's no biological connection between them. But you he gets to the sonship position by having the heart that Zorro should have for the people around him. Did you have anything else to add? You haven't seen the movie in a while, so... <laughs> no, I have not. I, yeah, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. Um, but no, I don't I don't think that I have anything to add. It's it's a really good point. Um, and I mean, I think that it... It would not have been the first movie that jumps to mind when thinking about, like, uh, films that, that highlight the fact that, like, we... We need somebody to like come and show us like, hey, you you've been stolen away. You know, you are you are not in the family that you think you are. You are mm-hmm. not from where you think you are. Um, you have a higher purpose, so to speak. Um, but it it definitely fits. I think it's a really good presentation. Thanks, I'm, man. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> I don't I don't have anything to add. But yeah, it's it is. There she is, pretty well thought out. And you're gonna talk about the man from Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I, I I looked up the synopsis. I thought about watching it last week and it was pretty late and I just didn't go through with it. Hey, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't you don't like the movie? I I did not enjoy the film. Um <laughs> if someone did, here we go. Yeah, no, I mean I could understand that they make movies like this and that people like Kevin Hart. People like them. Wow, I'm not one of them. Um, anyways, so why'd you watch this movie? Uh, my dad wanted to watch it. Okay, Hi, I dad. don't. I don't. I don't even know if he you liked just it. Told him to watch the Mask of Zorro. I, I should have. Should be like, hey, dad, you know, you want to watch the greatest hero of the modern age? You know, Antonio how, Banderas. You know how we're Mexican, and we're from Southern California. We should watch Zorro. We should watch the Mask of Zorro to really get in tune with the spirit of the season of Lent. And then you fight each other with swords. Yes. <laughs> I'm taking you down, faker. <laughs> You're not the real Zorro. <laughs> Only I could wear the mask. <laughs> Anyways. Um, 
I'm talking about the man from Toronto. Crying. Yeah, I'm gonna cry talking about. Oh, the real Zora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. And they got good hair in that movie, by the way. They have phenomenal <laughs> hair. They, I'm, I'll, I'll say it. They have great everything in that movie. <laughs> That, that, that's one of those films that, that, I mean, they just don't make these anymore, where everyone walking around, just 10 out of 10, like, <laughs> just attractive people. Anyway. I'm, yeah, anyways, moving Let's on. Let's talk about Woody Harrelson. Woody, <laughs> yeah, attractive people. <laughs> no, um, Woody Harrelson, um, he is the man from Toronto. And if you think that the movie's about him, you're kind of uh, wrong. Uh, But uh, basically, there's this dude, Woody Harrelson is playing. He's the man from Toronto. I don't think he ever gets a name. I I watched it a while ago, um, so I I could be forgetting that. But either way, I don't think he has a name. He's just the man from Toronto. Um, the, The synopsis here is he is a scarily effective hitman. Um, He has a reputation for torturing people to get information out of them. Uh, People hire him, excuse me, people hire him, send him out, and uh, he always gets the answers that they need. Uh, Key codes, uh, whatever they they need, they got it. Mm -hmm. That's that's how the man from Toronto does business. He's got this success rate, that puts anyone else to shame because no one, no one can see, uh, no one could possibly uh, resist him. And you might ask, um, well, how does he actually get uh, these answers from people? And well, luckily for us, we get to see in like one of the first scenes of the movie, um, he's hired to extract some information by any means necessary. He shows up at this cabin and it's this dude who's been beaten up, he's tied to a chair, and then another guy, he's like, hey, you know, I brought you out here. Uh, he's like, I, I, I've you know, I've never seen you at work before, but I gotta say I'm a big fan. I, I can't wait to see a, a master at work. Um, you know, I've been working on this guy for forever. He just, he won't break. And then the man from Toronto, you know, he like rolls out a little, you know, gets a little thing out, rolls it all out, and he starts pulling out these knives. Mm-hmm. And he starts, he starts this little monologue, and he's like, He's like, yeah, something, something, raised by my grandpa, something, something, something. We were on a frozen lake 500 miles from nowhere when suddenly my grandfather was attacked by a grizzly bear. He's like, my grandpa tells me to run. He's like, run, don't look back. Just start running. He's like, he's like, but I'll tell you right now, I, I looked back. Like, I saw, you know, these bear claws tearing my grandpa apart, just tearing off skin um and as my grandfather like pleaded for mercy there was there was nothing there and he's like and the only mercy i ever had died with my grandfather that day and so uh he's just like telling this story and the dude who wasn't cracking before so he's like oh, you need a code <laughs> and so he he cracks and he tells the story and then uh he's like well, there we go. There's the information we needed. And then he shoots him. And oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> there no you mercy. go. No mercy. No mercy. Um, and then the guy who was like geeking out, he's like, dude, that was like, that was so cool, man. Wow. I, I can't, I hope to see you work again someday. I, I'll tell everybody. And then like Woody Harrelson looks at him and he's like, or, or nobody. I'll never tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then Woody Harrelson like smiles and is like, all right, you get it. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the problem is sometimes you're you're a bad guy and you need some like missile codes, so you got to get the missile codes and you you hire the man from Toronto to get them. Well, uh, unfortunately, regardless of the fact that um, he's the kind of guy that you hire to get anything. He's trained in 23 forms of martial arts. He's uh, has this collection of butcher knives that he uses to torture his victims. He uses 19th century poetry as passwords. And no matter what, you can always count on him to get the job done. Uh, but the actual main character of the movie, his name is Teddy. He's not the man from Toronto. He's Kevin Hart. And unfortunately for is Teddy... From, but is he from Toronto? What? Is he from Toronto, though? Who? Teddy? No, he's not. The man from Toronto is from Toronto. Okay, where's Teddy from? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> uh, dude, I freaking... I, I don't like, think it matters. Probably just... California. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Probably New York. Yeah, they, that's where they wanted to shoot. So, <laughs> um, 
Actually, I think it's off the East Coast. It might be New York, but it, like he's in a suburb. He he lives in a suburb. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the point is, um, yeah, Teddy. Unfortunately for him, he's played by Teddy Hart or by Teddy Hart by Kevin Teddy Hart, Hart. <laughs> and Kevin Hart like really knows how to laugh at himself. So things aren't looking very good for Teddy right off the bat. Uh, by the time that they've pitched this character, it's already not looking good. <laughs> so um, he is an absolute screw up. Uh, he has a patient, loving wife named Lori. Um, and she is like the only good thing that's ever happened to him, right? It's one of those stories. Um, she uh, works at, I think, a law firm, and she's telling him that she's like, oh, my my law firm, uh, they use your name to describe whenever somebody like fumbles the ball, right? He's like, you're a verb, uh, she tells him. And, uh, you know, because she's describing, you know, we, we use this term for like, oh, you, te- you really teddied that. Just for whenever somebody messes anything up. It's a, you teddied that. Um, and so throughout the rest of the movie, we see uh, Kevin Hart repeatedly teddying things. Um, he has um, a YouTube series where he's always selling his terrible exercise equipment. Um, and that's like the opening thing from him. Uh, Kevin Hart is pretty ripped, so it kind of works. You could you could believe it, but uh, he... He's selling a teddy band, which is supposed to be like a one-man workout, like exercise band thing. You know, one of those things you like stand on it. You like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, anyways, <laughs> it like pops up and slaps him in the face. He's got a teddy bar, uh, which is supposed to be like an adjustable, um, uh, I don't know what they're called, pull-up bar. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's pull-ups. So he jumps on it after adjusting it to the proper height that he needs it at. And then it just collapses on him. Um, and this is like, that's the joke. Just everything he does, it's it's awful. Um, oh, I have it written in my notes right there. Teddy is from Yorktown. Hey. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, and he specializes in non-contact boxing. His password is password. And uh, What is non-contact boxing? I'm so glad you ask. So with contact boxing, the way he pitches it, he's like, so contact boxing, you know, you need another person to spar with. And you have to worry about, like, the physical repercussions. But with non-contact boxing, you can box all the time, get a full-body workout. It's okay. shadow boxing, okay, I guess. Gotcha. It's just basically what it is. You can you can do it with or without somebody else. But that, that's non-contact boxing. Anyways, he works at a gym, and his boss is like, hey, you, you suck. You're fired. Because um, he, he had him, like, make some flyers for the business. And uh, on the flyers, he did not put any address or phone number or anything. He's just like, come on to the gym. That's it. So Teddy has successfully teddied it. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's like going in to ask like, hey, you know, I I think I deserve a raise for this non-contact or a promotion or whatever for this non-contact boxing. And instead he gets fired. Um, It's his wife Lori's birthday. So he goes home and she's also coming home from her job. Uh, I I don't know how that works considering she works at a law firm and he just got fired. So I don't know how that timeline works out. But the point is he shows up. She's showing up. He went to Target. He went to Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And he's like, hey, uh, for your birthday, I, you know, I really, I really went above and beyond. Um, I rented out an entire like 24, like spa day, some champagne, a cabin. It's going to be so, so nice, right? Um, and she's obviously asking like, Hey, well, how did everything go at work? And he's like, uh, great. Cause he you know, can't break it to her on her birthday. Mm-hmm. So he lies to her face, successfully teddying his relationship. Um, but he, anyway, yeah. So they end up, they end up going, he drops her off at the spa and then, uh, he realizes he didn't change out the toner in his printer. This is the actual, this is the inciting incident for the film. He, yeah. <laughs> he forgot to change out the toner on his printer. And so he can't properly read the address okay for his cabin that he's trying to set up all of his romantic uh things at right so he shows up at the wrong uh cabin lo and behold it is the cabin that the man from toronto is supposed to be going to in order to torture somebody to get um the first of these like missile codes right okay he shows up or I think it's to find out where a dude is. But anyway, the point is, he shows up at the cabin. Um, somebody takes a picture of him because nobody's ever, like, seen the man from... T- nobody know, really knows who he is. So he pulls up. Some guy takes a picture of him uh, and sends it to, like, their boss to be like, this is the man from Toronto. He just pulled up. He's here. Um, 
and Kevin Hart's like, oh, hey, oh, you're, you're, oh, you're the guy I'm renting the cabin from, you know? Mm-hmm. And like sets all of his things down, and then the guy's like, oh, well, uh, you ready to go to work? Um, he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. We, you know, we, we do this. He's like, all right, uh, everything you need, we need is in the basement. And he's, Teddy's like, all right, and whatever. And so they go to the basement, and you know, there's a dude who's like hanging there by his thumbs, and <laughs> and and is like bloody and stuff and you know he's like you know all we need is the information and teddy like is like like, oh yeah sure whatever you need and he like goes up to the guy who whispers like i have no idea what i'm supposed to be doing here and you know uh, of course it's a comedy film so he like eventually fumbles his way into getting the information um and then an fbi raid happens because they're trying to like oust the actual man from toronto they capture him and they're like hey we know that you're not really the man from Toronto, but one of the people there took this picture of you and sent it forward to whoever. So now they think you're the man from Toronto. So, you know, we'll send this guy out with your wife. She'll continue to think that this is a nice little birthday dinner and, or birthday thing. And, you know, it'll, it'll be so cute. And we just need for you to help us do this bust. Okay. And he is not allowed to say no because, you know, missile crisis yeah. and consent isn't a thing i guess and they're just like think of all the lives you're gonna be saying saving and he's like uh well yeah but think about my life that's my wife who's alone out there she's gonna kill me and they're like and he's like but i'm gonna teddy it. i'm gonna tell yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyways um but this happens obviously the man from toronto ends up finding him and is like you're gonna besmirch my name and then they get into hijinks together blah 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 <sighs> Bible verse time, Ecclesiastes 7, 8. <laughs> um, here's the deal. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Teddy is very proud in spirit. He is a guy who just cannot see the fact that he is the worst. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has no frame of reference for the fact that um, he has... You know, he, he should be a lot more grateful that for his wife than he is um, because she is, uh, she's a gem, you know, truthfully. Mm-hmm. You know, she puts, she up, puts up with him. She puts up with him um, and she's so grateful for everything. Um, at one point in the movie, like one of her friends shows up and is like, oh, your lame husband. And, you know, she's like, hey, don't talk bad about him, blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it's just all this, it's just very clear that she really loves him. His wife is just, the the best you know at like at least to him um she has a lot of patience Mm -hmm. and is just a wonderful thing um teddy uh he's got a bit of a pride issue um he thinks that he is just so cool um and i mean he wouldn't say as much out loud but it's very clear just from watching him that really he does have this very genuine very large private issue um just because of the way that he interacts with people. You can see that, you know, he's like, oh, I, you know, I just made this new thing and th- this is going to be the big thing that catches on because, you know, I made it and, you know, I put my whole heart into it and this is this is just going to be the thing, you know, and some might say he's just like hopelessly optimistic, but genuinely, I think that there is a pride issue there because he takes a lot of things for granted. The things that do go right in his life, he just takes them for granted and he just shows up to things and assumes that he knows what's going on and never really asks questions He's just, he's just that kind of guy, you know? He just assumes that he's in the right. Um, the man from Toronto, being, you know, a hitman, I guess he has picked up a lot of wisdom in his days. Um, and so the, during this time that Teddy and the man from Toronto are, are going uh, on this adventure, if you will, together, um, the whole time, Teddy is continuously blaming this whole ish that he's in on the low toner. He's like, man, it's the low toner. If only I'd change the toner, blah, 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 blah. And eventually the man with Toronto just gets really fed up with him. Woody Harrelson is just like, bro, let's talk about this. Your issue is not the low toner. That's not your problem here at all. Mm -hmm. Your problem is how afraid you are of everything and the fact that you never do what you actually say you're going to do. Um, you know, you, you make all these big promises and stuff, but you don't have any follow through. Um, and it takes a lot of personal growth, but eventually Teddy sees that like, Hey, 
This is uh, this is definitely true. Um, eventually, uh, stuff happens. They end up in like Cuba or something, and he's afraid that he's never, you know, he's gonna be late for his wife. It, stuff happens. But anyways, uh, event. <laughs> anyways, all this stuff happens. But eventually, like Lori finds out everything. She finds out. I don't think she finds out about like the crisis or anything, but she finds out that like he's been lying to her that he's not actually like going to meet up with her anytime soon, and that. Um, you know, he, you know, they meet up at one point and then he kind of ditches her and she's really mad and, you know, he's trying to like save the United States or whatever. Mm -hmm. But to her, he's just like, you just ditched me on my birthday dinner, you know, like that really sucks. And you've been lying to me about the fact that you got a promotion and all of this stuff. And so she's just like, you know what? I'm, I'm actually, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Um, I'm, I'm heading out. You know, and if you if you really want a chance to save our marriage, you can meet me at the train station before whatever time. And he's just like sitting at home. Yeah. And it's not because he doesn't care. I mean, effectively, he doesn't care. He's not doing anything about it. But if you asked him, he'd say it's not that he doesn't care. It's just, you know, he's just he just, you know, he can't he can't do it. You know, he's he's lost his wife. And even though it's like very clear that there is this invitation from her, like, honey, you've got one one last chance to do this. If you want to make it right, you can, but you have to, you have to meet me before I go over to my mother's. And, you know, she's packed up all of her stuff. She's ready to go. And he's not going to do anything about it. And the man from Toronto shows up and hijinks ensue. And, you know, he ends up making it to, um, ends up making it to meet her in time. And, you know, he, he learns from his lessons and, um, you know, classic, uh, funny haha comedy film where at the end of the movie, you know, there's like clips of a bunch of people doing non-contact boxing and stuff. And he's like taken over the gym somehow, even though he like at one point in the hijinks ensuing, he like points a gun at his former boss. But anyways, it's a weird movie. But the point is, um, yeah, point is he, he's just, he's, he's made everything right. You know, he's grown up and he's learned his important lesson of being, uh, that you have to have follow through. Um, and in the Bible, there's, there's another verse of, uh, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I've definitely uh, tried to incorporate into my personal life as much as possible. I, I'd consider myself a man of my word. That's something I take some pride in, um, if, if I may. Um, <laughs> but that being said, like, with, as far as this, uh, as far as like relating to this, this movie is concerned, that is not something that Kevin Hart Teddy was able to do at first, you know, he's just everything that he said and did. It was just like very clear that there's, there's a disconnect there. Um, and then looking at the verse that I read previously in Ecclesiastes, um, like actually ending a thing is better than starting something. You can start all manner of things, but it's the things that we actually end that we're remembered by in any sense. And so by that measure, like, like how many beginnings of movies do you remember? Be, like first scenes yeah um i'm trying to think of like what's a really good first scene in a movie um i can only think of batman one. uh batman what is it begins you'd have to tell me the one with the joker nope which one is that that's batman dark knight the dark knight thank you dark knight um yeah that that's because i'm pretty sure that scene with the joker that's like the first scene yeah it's like pulling up behind him yeah Showing it, and he has his mask. Yep. You don't know it's the Joker, though. Anyway. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. And I also have one that's Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah? The beginning of Memento. Mm. I remember. Very good movie. Uh, but I remember lots of ends of movies. Yeah. No. Uh, one of my favorites to always point out is uh, the first Captain America movie. I don't really like that movie. Oh, yeah? It's kind of meh. It's a good ending, though. That ending? The like, I had a date. Oh, and then like so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fade to black. Mm! <laughs> mm! <laughs> that's an ending. That's like a good, like not just like oh, it's good for a Marvel. That's a good ending. I mean, I think we all remember every ending of a Spider-Man movie ever. Right. <laughs> just swinging. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're good movies, but oh, I remember the beginning of the second Amazing Spider-Man. It's a really good end or beginning. Uh, when he's fighting the rhino? No. What no, is the, the beginning? beginning? 
Oh, you're that's right. The that's the ending. What's the beginning is where he's falling like out of <gasps> the plane. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's falling from like way, 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 way yeah. too high, and you see the spider symbol and like the I don't yeah. know, maybe like the contrast on the shot changes or something. But it's just like you're like black, and then you, it slowly yeah. gets lighter hey, and lighter. Good, good beginning to a movie. But the point we're, we're avoiding the point is that the beginnings of sentences, the beginning of books, beginning of good stories. Mm-hmm. The beginning of an action that you can do, good or bad, really has no bearing on anything. <laughs> yeah. It's about whether you complete that action. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the example of uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Great movie. Uh, psych. <laughs> Great start to a film, but it's one of those beginnings where I'm like, wow, that was a really strong beginning with absolutely no follow through. Yeah. You know? Um, Teddy. Teddy. They teddied it. Um, whereas uh, looking at the beginning of Memento or The Dark Knight, like that's a great beginning and it follows through the whole way. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, right. Right. I doubt we would remember the beginning of either of those movies if the rest of the movie was actually terrible. Yeah. 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 Honestly, I'll say with the Dark Knight, I barely, uh, I had to like really think about it, and I was like, "Oh, that is a great beginning," um, yeah. because there's so much other great movie to sort through. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, no, and I think I think that this is very biblical in a sense. Like for us, we have a calling where, like, if we wanted to, I, I don't, I don't want to call this hired hitman you know, like a God figure or anything by any sense. He's a but wise figure. He is a wise figure. And in this, like Teddy is very much this lost man who just does not understand what is and is not good, you know? Right. Um, and in this, like this, this wise older figure um, eventually like comes to him and is like, Hey, the way that you're living your life is wrong. Just like how we as Christians, we don't know right from wrong and we do not have follow through because, you know, if, if you're not a Christian, you do not have follow through because when you die, you will not be saved. <laughs> there is not, there is no good ending. <laughs> right. Um, right. There's also the for, verse that's like, um, persevere so that you can win, so that you may win. Yeah. Um, and it's all about like having endurance and perseverance in yeah. your faith because what matters if you is if you die in faith, not if you have faith for three years of your life and then never follow through again. Right. You know, you have to push through. You have to say this is true whether life gets hard or not, whether I want it to be true and sometimes or not. It's true, and it's going to be true until the day I die, and it's going to be true after that. But I'll live as if it's true, period. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever quite gotten this personal on the podcast, but that's definitely something like for me, um, mm-hmm. like I, I would say that I, I don't know, quote unquote, left the faith for a chunk of time, which I know is something that I've talked about on here before, but um, specifically like one of, I would say the thing that brought me back into the faith was just this realization of like, I cannot change that I think this is real. Yeah. I cannot alter the fact that like at my core i believe this and it would be so stupid of me (laughs) to be like yeah i mean at at the very least the way that i saw it i was like it would be so stupid for me to be like yeah i believe in god god's out there he's real he exists and then not follow through with that yeah um i think right now a big problem in our culture is when it comes to christianity is no one asked, is this true or not? They asked, do I want this to be true? Or do I like this or that thing about yeah. this? And I mean, again, I went at that not from that angle and was like, truly, like, what do I believe? Yeah. And but when you were outside, it was probably because I don't like this thing. I don't want it to be true. Not because I don't think it's true. It's, yeah, I don't like the consequences of this being true. I yeah, yeah. no, there's de- yeah, it was it was definitely more so like I I was like I don't want the consequences of this to be true. I was like I I've been hurt by Christians and I don't want to associate with Christians. That mm-hmm. has nothing to do with whether or not God is real. God, yeah, God exists whether Christians act right or not. Yeah. Um, Jesus died for you whether Christians treat you well or not. Yeah, and yeah. I just kind of had to come to terms with that and be like um yeah. Or whether Christianity <laughs> lets you do the things you want to do or not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't think it's that apparent in people's brains that that they think that's the actual issue. Mm -hmm. But when you get down to it, it's like, I don't really think you care about what's true. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to be honest. I wish you would be honest about like, you just don't care that it's true. Mm -hmm. Or if, if it was true, you wouldn't care. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a thing that you want to do that you don't want to give up. Right. Or it's, you don't want to, wake up on Sunday mornings or you don't want to come off as a prude and or anything like that or you don't want to lose your friends because you know your friends would start judging you if you went to the church there's there's always these things that are always in the way and I again I don't think most people are realizing that those things are in the way but they don't actually have good arguments so your lack of belief your lack of follow-through has to come through from somewhere and I guess that's what we're getting at with the movie. Yes. Is his lack of follow through comes from somewhere. Yeah. And it's because he doesn't want to and he's afraid to. Yeah. And it's not because he actually thinks that he's a failure or. No, not even a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I picked this very specific verse. There's a lot of verses about follow through in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, this is, this is one that really hits it both, like, you know, talking about perseverance as well as. Um, pride in a sense where it's like, yeah, you, you need like, yeah, you can be proud of, you know, like being a Christian, you can be proud in spirit, but it's your patience. That's going to actually save you. It's your endurance. It is your ability to sit there until the day that you die or the end of times and be like, yo, this is like undeniably what I believe is true. Do I always act like it? No. Do I sin? Yes. Do I fall short? Yes. Mm-hmm. But do I believe and do I strive to be more like Christ? Am I bearing fruit? Um, anyways, yeah. So yeah I, I was thinking of uh, Matthew twenty four thirteen, but okay. the one who endures to the end will be saved. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, we appreciate you guys being here and listening to us. We... Uh, we do this whether you listen or not, I guess, but uh, it's good when you do. Um, <laughs> if you yeah. have anything you would like to add about endurance or perseverance or the man from Toronto or God or uh, the mask of Zorro or anything you have an idea about and you want us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you at ocvepod.com or ocvepod at gmail.com or at O-C-V-E-P-O-D on Facebook or Twitter. Thanks for being here. Elias, you want to say bye? Bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)